everybody. This is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Uh, welcome to the Invested Podcast. We are, as you know, deconstructing, investing, the way the best investor in the world does it, Warren Buffett. Um, something we've been doing for, well, I've been doing it for 40 years. And this podcast has been doing it for seven years. And I've been as I teach struggling daughter, along. Danielle, yeah. how to do this. <laughs> She's becoming quite good at it. Oh, dear. And we keep saying we're going to really get deeper into penny stocks here for you guys about like, yeah. why would you want to do that? So we ended last time with me going like, why have we spent so much time talking about how they're bad and unreliable and dangerous? Mm. And why did we start talking about them in the first mm. place? So <laughs> that's my question. Why did we start talking about these in the first place? And if I remember right, it's because you said they could be really great for newbie investors. I don't know if you said that. Maybe small investors to get started with. Right on. I think they're going to require more skill. Right? It means a little bit counterintuitive. As soon as I said newbie, I was like, "Eh, that doesn't sound right. But they are... They are kind of a classic place for someone to make a lot of money starting with a little money because of the potential of these companies, which are not listed in the main exchanges, to be improperly priced for lack of coverage by professional analysts. Um, and therefore, you have a market that's, and, and it's a much smaller market, much less money in it, much less actively traded. Um, and much less information available on each of these companies. And the result of all of that is the potential for there to be a mispriced company. Hmm. Just due to people, investors, not Not really really knowing that they exist. Right, not really paying attention. Um, And there's also just the possibility that some investors are paying attention and nobody else is, and they own the stock. Yeah. And then something may happen to that company that gets the attention of other investors. And when that happens, the stock price can explode. Yes. Right. And I know we've said a million bad things, but like the opposite can happen as well. I just want to say, you know, people can Mm -hmm. find out all of a sudden that the company is a complete scam and the stock price can go to zero and the company goes bankrupt. Yes, exactly. So these companies are on what are known as the pink sheets. We've talked about that before. Um, Over the counter is the actual name of the place where they're traded, the over the counter market. Um, but it's known as pink sheets just, you know, traditionally because it used to be pink pieces of paper. Now it is traded digitally. And if you go to a good brokerage site, you can find these pink sheet stocks. You can either call up the broker, uh, you know, call up somebody at Schwab or um, over at Interactive Brokers or someplace like that, um, Fidelity. And you can you can ask them, how do you how do I find the pink sheet listings? If you go to Interactive Brokers, you can do a scan. Um, just use their normal scanning tools. And if you're not sure how to do that, you can call them. And then you just basically you're scanning for um, over-the-counter stocks. And these are U.S. stocks that are listed, and you would select this in your search, listed as pink sheets or pink slash BB. Oh, they actually board. put it in their filters as pink, pink sheets. Yeah, they do. Not and OTC. then the stock, <laughs> when it comes up, says pink dot current or pink dot 
uh, Impra QX, which is designating different kinds of pink sheet listings, hmm. which required uh, different amounts of quality, we could say. Hmm. So, okay. for example, there's there's a company called, well, for, let me just walk you through it. So if I, if I were to go onto my my um, dashboard for interactive brokers, I would find the scanner, the stock scan, and I would select, uh, and it'll give me a whole bunch of choices. So it says under instrument, I want U.S. stocks. And then it's going to open up what kind of U.S. stocks, and it could be listed stocks, which would be NASDAQ, New York, American Stock Exchange, and so on. Um, and alternately is pink slash BB. So those are the two kinds of U.S. stocks I can look for. Do you know what BB Listed. is? Hmm? Do you know what BB is? Bulletin board. So it's the same oh. It's the same thing. So these are stocks that are do not have the same requirements as a listed stock. So these are unlisted stocks is what you could say. And they fall into two categories, pink sheet stocks and over-the-counter bulletin board stocks. And I've checked both of those. The difference Wait is... Wait a second. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> the difference is... I don't know. Okay. <laughs> There's some difference. I don't... Just check them both. Okay. So, so what we're after here are companies which are not being followed very well because mm-hmm. they're not required to produce the data, the accounting data to the level and the disclosure data to the level of a listed company. And for that reason, they, in fact, they may even have that data available, but are simply have so many shares out there that they don't fit the per share prices of the major listing, uh, listing um, trading rooms. So you end up with NASDAQ, New York Stock Exchange, American Stock Exchange, requiring that you have a certain dollar per share or they delist you. I think it's $5 mm-hmm. a share roughly. Okay. So if you have a company worth $10 million and you have 10 million shares, you can't be $5 a share. You're at $1 a share. Right. See what I'm saying? So it's just kind of the number of shares that you have out there. It could also cause you to be delisted or be listed under pink sheets. But Even I mean, that's really easily, nice I, I mean, that's easily fixed. <laughs> if you have 10 million shares and they're a dollar share and you want to be listed on the New York Stock Exchange and that's the only thing stopping you, you just do a reverse stock split. It's pretty easy. And then you may not have enough shares out there to be listed. They require a certain Ah, fair point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. So you could get kind of caught in a corner there. All right. So now you've selected pink, pink slash BB. And it opens up a filter that says, what do you want Wait a second. to use as parameters? But then you would just issue more shares. Well, and then you don't get $5 a share you, or $1 a share. You get 50 cents a share. Right. So now. You're so what you're saying you is no $10 million dollar company would be able would to get onto. qualify necessarily. Yeah. And therein lies the, the results of yeah. why so many large companies are on the big stock exchanges. Got it. Yeah. And so now we're going to search based on filtering for a few key things. And one is how much do you want this company to be worth on the market? So I'm going to start pretty small and say, 
anything greater than $10 million I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So we put that parameter in. So basically a very and large over-the-counter company. We only want the big ones. $10 million is pretty small. In general, it's small. But yeah. when you're looking at these, what we are oh, okay. calling penny stocks. I guess you could have some I would call that a decently sized company, no? I, I don't know. Yeah. Fair enough. Are there billion very, dollar very, penny very, stocks? Very, very small in terms of public companies. Yeah, of course. So maybe, maybe. Um, okay, second parameter. You can put whatever you want. You could put a million. Um, then return on equity. Now this one's key because I want to look at good companies. So I want companies that are doing a good job of getting a high return on equity. Um, now that may eliminate most of the companies on the pink sheets. If I say I want 15% return on equity, the number of companies that'll fit that on the pink sheets is gonna go down dramatically because a lot of them are at an early stage and don't really have a lot of earnings. And as a result, yeah. they have equity divided into very small earnings and it doesn't result in even 5%. And that might not eliminate them. Is it also for you true? To consider, Go ahead. Yeah, it, just, it might not eliminate them for you to consider because they might be about ready to launch, you know, some fabulous product that they've been building for three years. Um, but just for the sake of playing around with it, I like to put in, say, okay, well, what is out there that's got a 15% return on equity? And has a price greater than 20 cents a share. That's just arbitrary. And then I pick 10 cents or don't even worry about it. So that's it. That's that's my filter right there. Give me a good return on equity, $10 million company or better, and it's selling for 20 cents or better a share. All right, hit the button. And I end up with something like 15, 20 companies. Out of Sweet. The, all the pink sheet companies. Nice. Right, which are, I think, thousands of pink sheet companies. All right, so just going down the list, I looked at one called Vaso, just for fun, V-A-S-O. It's a pink sheet company, and um, they are selling for 31 cents a share, and they have about 114,000 shares trading every day. Pretty good. It's a pretty active market for this company. Um, so then I went over, since there's not gonna be a lot of data about this company, I had to go over to their website, and take a look at what information is out there that they're producing. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I did that, I looked at their stock chart and I got to their stock chart. Um, you can get it on interactive brokers just by selecting on your, that. You can get it on your, bro- like people are gonna use whatever brokerage they're, they've yeah, got. Whatever so they want. The, your, your brokerage right. will have that. And um, I would think it would, and then I realized, no, they actually don't have it on interactive brokers. They don't produce a chart. So if they don't produce a chart on your broker, then the they way I They don't have I a chart charts, of the stock price? Mm-mm. Weird. Yeah, very, not, not producing a lot of data out there. So what <laughs> I do is I go over to Google and I go, the symbol of the company, which is VASO, and then I just put stock. And Google knows, for some reason that I just don't know why they know it, but they know I'm looking for a chart. And so they mm-hmm. just, they just bring up a chart and it's VASO corporation selling for 32 cents a share. And the chart is a one day chart. And I'm going to expand that to max. And it shows me that they've been around since the 1980s as a public company, their stock was worth 
$4 a share when it went public, it looks like, three say $3 a share when it went public. It went down to very cheap. Um, let's see, it went down to 44 cents, and then it shot up in the early 90s to $5, and then it went down by the mid-90s to 34 cents, and it shot up again to $2 and went down to a dollar. And then in the year 2000, it shot all the way up to $11 a share Whoa. and then immediately crashed all the way down by 2004. <sighs> it was down to a dollar and it went back up to $2. But by 2010, it was selling for six cents. Oh my gosh. Are you starting to get the picture <laughs> about how violently these stock prices can change? That's rough. Okay, six cents. By 2011, it went to 50 cents. So interesting. Five, five a year. Is that right? In one year, in one year, it went from six cents. And a year later, it was at 44 cents. Okay, that's pretty good. 700% return in a year. That's why people do this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then it went back down to 18 cents, then up to 44. And then by the year 2020, it had been at six cents or less. It was at three cents in 2020. The impact of the um, COVID pandemic in 2020 was it sent it from three cents to two cents. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. Lost Massive drop. But by April, a year later, it was at 10 cents. Whoa. Then it was at nine, and then it was at nine, and then it was I at can't, nine. I can't, I can't handle it. Okay, wait, it's about to take off. This is August of 2022. It's at nine cents, and now it's at 34 wow. a year later. Yeah. So it went from essentially three cents at COVID to two years later, 34 cents. So that's two to four, eight, 16, 32. Four doubles in two years. Yeah, it's massive. It's huge. That's huge. I, I don't know the math on that. It's gigantic return. This is why people do this. Now, what if they're sitting on this thing that's about to go to $10? Totally. Well, it was what at 11 So um, do you have any idea what this company does? I do. Because I wonder do. if they've been doing it for 40 years or if things have changed over that time, which might be some reason for all of these ups and downs well they they're continually trying to make the company something people want to own right and to do that they have to make money and so the way i would find out what they do is i would go to their annual report on their website they will almost all there will almost always be an annual report and right off the bat they show you that this is what they call a diversified med tech company with three ah. distinctive business units so right away, they're going to tell you what they do. They have Vaso Technology, which is IT unit that provides network services through a healthcare IT service provider for managed software solutions, including radiology and imaging. And they monitor and provide security on a proprietary service for uh, healthcare providers. And that sucker right there, that little old thing, that makes about $40 million of revenue a year. Wow, nice. What? I think, let me, let me see if I got that right. Because what I'm gonna do is scroll down to their financials. 
now that I realize, okay, they're also doing a business unit that's professional sales for uh, exclusive representative for GE Healthcare Diagnostic Imaging. So they have a sales unit. And then Vaso Medical designs, manufactures, and sells proprietary medical devices that do monitoring um, and cloud-based stuff. I mean, uh, just hearing that it's a medical device company, this, and I don't know if they've been doing that since the 80s, but it makes more sense to me these ups and downs because with something that's a inventor kind of company, yeah. pharma, med tech, et cetera, right. very much based on new technology and new inventions, patents, they can go from small company to gigantically valued um, literally overnight once like let's say if a patent is issued or or they have a really successful clinical trial so that makes more sense to me that it's it's that type of uh industry so now we have some very vague idea of what they do i'm going to pop straight over to their financials and try to get an idea if this 31 cents a share is what does that represent in terms of the total price of the company right so I need to find mm-hmm. out how many shares they have. So I'll, in order to find out the number of shares they've got, I'm going to go to the financial statements in the annual report. Um, and I'm going to look up uh, the number of shares. And that will be on one of the financial statements. It varies uh, typically on the statement of income, right? Revenues, expenses, income. They usually do it per share. And so they usually put how many shares they have out there. These guys have 174 million shares out there. Okay. All right. So right away I can find out what is the market valuing this penny stock at? And I multiply 31 cents times 174 million and I'm going to get about 53 million bucks. Mm-hmm. Something like that, right? So, okay. This company is being valued at $53 million. Now I want to know, well, is that, really expensive or is it stupid or what is that how would i know well i would know especially if you've read invested by daniel (laughs) town (laughs) that if i can figure out what their owner earnings are i can have a pretty good idea if this is cheap yeah so immediately i have no way to know is this going to be bigger in 10 years i don't know i i haven't dug into the business enough to have any idea certainly not in my sweet spot i don't know anything about medical device stuff, I'd have to really get an education. But presuming I know something about this industry, um, or even presuming I don't, the first thing I want to know is, is this thing really on sale or not? Is this going to be fun to get into? Or am I just kind of, you know, it's another over overpriced company. So I know they're selling for 53 million bucks. Now, what I want to know is, is that good? And what would good look like? Well, if you read Invested by Danielle Town, you would know that if they have a 10 cap price on the company, that would be pretty good. That would be great. Yeah. So what would a 10 cap be? Well, a 10 cap would be 10% of 53 million. In other words, if their owner earnings are $5.3 million or better, this is kind of on sale if it's going to be bigger down the road. Mm-hmm. So what would owner earnings look like? All right. Well, owner earnings we get from going predominantly to 
the cash flow statement. So I'm going to go to the consolidated statement of cash flows. It's one of the three pages of financials that they'll show you. And on this, they show that operating earnings or net cash provided by operations is almost $8 million. So, whoa, if they not, if they don't have a lot of maintenance capital expenditures, this thing's going to be interesting. Hmm. Well, and also you're saying they, they have their standardized financial statements available at their website. Yes, they do indeed. So that's not a requirement. And true. I find that, I think it's almost inherent in your search looking for, what did you put in return on equity? Mm -hmm. Um, that for that to be searchable, they're probably putting out standardized financial statements. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Very good point. Otherwise, it wouldn't even come up. Right. Well, to get down to the nitty gritty, these guys have $7,815,000 of net cash provided by operations. The year before, that's 2021 numbers, by the way. I don't have 2022 for some reason, which is a red flag. Um, we'll get to that, I imagine. Um, the year before, they had $6 million. So they grew their operating cash flow substantially. And that may be part of the price problem for their stock is maybe they're on a roller coaster of these numbers, but we'll have to get mm-hmm. into that as well. We want to like see 10 years of data on these guys. They've been around forever. So the, the, the numbers are out there. We just haven't got them yet. But just to get into preliminary, we're looking at 7.8 million, which is certainly better than 5.3 and puts us in the ballpark depending on how much they're spending on capital expenditures for maintenance. Their entire capital expenditure is under cash flows from investing activities, purchase of equipment and software. And it shows $415 million that they spent. We, if we don't know anything about the company, we typically would take 70% of that as maintenance. Hmm. Okay. Right? So that shows roughly $3 million, seven, 2.8, sorry, 280000 So if we took 315 of it to get a round number, we would subtract 315 from 7,815 and we would get 7,500,000. This is I just love listening to the numbers. Way on sale. Way oh, on Oh, it's sale. way on sale. Conclusion. Okay, way on sale. Way on sale. So, what's what is what is the cap rate? Okay. So, in order to find out the cap rate, we're going to divide 7.5 into 53 and get a number, right? So I'm going to do that on an Excel spreadsheet. Equals 53 divided by 7.5. Oh, wait, I did it backwards, sorry. We're doing 7.5 divided by 53, and that equals 14%. Holy cow. I mean, that's that is good. amazing. Yeah. This is a 14 cap. All but right. I have to Notice. say, you're, you're saying this like you're surprised. And I'm not very surprised. You're that... not that they have this kind of cash flow? Okay, cash flow. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. God, this but, is a but that But that a small company that's not listed is on sale, that doesn't really surprise me should i be surprised by that maybe not i mean often they're they appear to be on sale because you know i mean they get a little bit of cash flow or something maybe maybe you shouldn't be that surprised maybe these are easy to find 
I mean, I don't spend a lot of time out here looking at pink sheet stocks. I don't know if Maybe I don't I know if it's a more. good company. I don't know if it's a company that is in any way like reliable or consistent or makes anything worthwhile. Like I don't know anything about that stuff. But um, as far as like just saying whether or not they're like a little less overall lower priced than listed companies that wouldn't surprise me because there's not that same um attention like you were saying i don't know maybe i'm way off maybe all these small companies are super duper like overvalued but if they were i think there'd be more attention to them well, the problem is going to be probably with something like this that it's just all over the map historically. Yeah, when you start totally. Looking back at the numbers, they're just very unpredictable. Yeah, totally. Um, but maybe something has changed in this company. I mean, the market certainly thinks something's changed. It's gone from, you know, a few cents a share up to thirty-one cents a share in a matter of a year or so. It's that's an extraordinary rate of return already for the people who've been in it. They must be enjoying it. Gosh, if something has changed sufficiently to put this at a normal price, a normal price in this market would probably be three times what they're currently getting. It'd be like a dollar a share yeah. immediately, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, this is really, just from what we've done so far, this is massively on sale if the company's going to be bigger in the future. Now, yeah. obviously, that's a huge amount of work to do yet. But wow, it is sort of interesting. If you're interested in the medical devices field, these guys have been around a long time. Very unlikely that they're a scam or something that you'd run into on pink sheets. And Well, um, let's not say that. Who knows? Maybe they are. Who knows? Yeah, I'd hate to say for sure. But I would I would dig into this if I thought that was an area of the market I wanted to get but serious it's, about. Yeah, I mean, what's quite interesting is that I think you've essentially proven your point, which is like this is a fertile field for people who are looking for uh, companies that don't have a lot of attention, coverage, news information. And if I wish I knew about medical devices, it would be a really nice thing to know about when you're looking at all these small companies. Medical devices and pharma, I find fascinating and also like very aware of how I don't know enough about those things. Yeah, But if you're somebody who does... I would bet you that there are quite a few companies in those industries in this realm of a little too small, haven't really hit it yet, think they're going to hit the big time at some point soon. I mean, what was, um, was it Moderna? Well, the company that made the COVID vaccine, that was this little company in Germany. Mm, and they had been around for years and years and years and like 20 years and just took off, you know, hit it. Did well. Let me let me make right another technology. really key point about this: um, why these things might be on sale, why why they're unknown out there in the regular market. If I looked at this company and said, "Wow, this is something I really want to own," in order for me to own enough of it that would make sense, I would have to buy about fifteen million dollars worth. Roughly. But that's you as somebody yeah, who's yeah, yeah. managing hold on, hold on, money. Hold okay, on, okay, hold okay, on. okay, okay, okay. Let me get okay. to my point. Okay, okay, go for it. I'd have to buy about $15 million worth. At 31 cents a share, they're trading 100,000 shares a day. I would need 
to spend 500 days going after this. That's, <laughs> That's a funny way to think of weeks. it. Yeah. That's <laughs> two years. My team would have to be buying this stock every day. All of it, all of the shares every day and mm-hmm. not have the price go up while we're buying every share that's out there available that day, which is impossible. If mm-hmm. we came in and bought the number of shares that's out there every day, we'd have, we would instantly be doubling the number of shares being purchased. Yeah, exactly. And we, we double the number of shares, the price is going to go up. So you can see the conundrum and you know, I'm little, okay. I'm teeny mm-hmm. there. No one big could be interested in this at all because it makes no sense to spend five seconds looking at a company that you can't possibly buy. Yeah, that's exactly because, right. That's exactly right. That's and that, and that's exist. the, yeah. And that is the response to me constantly saying, well, it might be a scam is that there are also definitely great companies yeah. that just are not large enough, don't have the revenue to even be a possibility. And I think what you're saying is exactly right. It's not that they just don't have the attention or all the things that we've just said. It's that they're not accessible to not not even like the giant funds, but like medium sized funds, probably smaller funds. So yeah, you're right. You know, it's family fund, family money fund. Yeah, totally. Well, honey, Um, I hate to say it, but it's a fair point. Late. I'm late to get into a meeting. I got to (laughs) run. I hate to say it. We got to go. We got to go. <laughs> I got an okay. annual meeting coming up and I'm late for it. All right. Got to run you Thanks, guys. Everybody. hope you enjoyed something about that. That's why we the pink sheets are out there for you guys. If you've got questions more about it and you want us to go in deeper to it, shoot a, where, where should they send their question? To questions at investedpodcast.com, which sometimes I check. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Until next week, time to go play. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Hi guys, thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding, they really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And I'm really important, it's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.